This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. You're part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Good morning and uh, welcome to a Wednesday. 61 degrees in downtown Boise. Going to hit uh, supposedly close to triple digits today, if not triple digits. Um, Boise coming for 100 degrees today. Yesterday actually felt kind of pleasant. It actually was, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I walked out to uh, leave yesterday afternoon and walked outside, and I go, wow, it's supposed to be 98 today. And like like I said, everything now I compared to a couple weeks ago when mm-hmm. it was the same temperature in Miami, and I'm going, it, it's nice out. T- it's not hot. It's comfortable. I, I, I could handle this every single day. Around and it up. all comes down to the humidity. Yeah. Which we don't have much of. At uh, about eight o'clock last night, I checked the temperature, and it was—I think it was eighty-nine degrees. And I thought, "Wow, under 90. Yeah. And the um, sun wasn't even down yet. And there's a little breeze this morning. So, I mean, as long as there's a little breeze on top of you know the weather that we're getting, mm-hmm. temperatures, um, it shouldn't be too bad. I, uh, ask me again after the weekend, though. Like I said, today's supposedly supposed to be the beginning of a very long stretch of triple digits days um, and above 100 starting tomorrow, Friday, as you heard there in the weather forecast. And uh, U.S. Weather Service says that for at least the next 10 to 14 days foreseeable future that they can predict outwards, it looks like there's a possibility that we could be setting records for continuous triple-digit days. I I should feel more proud about that, but I don't, probably because (laughs) it's, you know, I've, I've got nothing to do with it. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do about it. It is. I mean, it's it's summer. We go through these stretches every year, year and uh, still it seems like people are shocked, and it's like, oh, my God, it's so hot. Why is it so hot? It's who who sum- is it you're asking here? It's I mean, summer. That's true. <laughs> that's why it's, it gets it's something the same about way the, every uh, single year. I don't know. Something about the Earth access, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's all there, you know. Uh, the uh, stock market futures, as of right now, up a little bit. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be starting out the same way. This is the same place we were yesterday, where the Dow was up just a little bit. Standard and Poor uh, was basically fat and flat. Nasdaq was up a little bit, um, and then yesterday after the opening, it zoomed up to yeah. at one point over four hundred points on the Dow. Seven straight days, we've done fairly well. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think this is the, if I remember correctly, trying to remember Jeremiah Bates talking yesterday. Uh, as he was giving updates, that I think the day ended up at highs, year yearly highs in, in the last year were yearly highs for the Standard & Poor, NASDAQ, and the Dow as of right now. Well, I guess that's good. That's good if you have money. And, you know, you want to compare when the uh, market due to COVID yeah. kind of imploded. That's- if you remember, we were down on the Dow to what, under like 28,000 points? Mm-hmm. We're up to 35,000 35, as of like right you say, now. Like you say, that's great if you have money. So congratulations to the, what is it, 1% to 3% of you. The 401ks, for instance. Like I finally mm-hmm. looked at mine um, again yesterday. I was like, hey, hey, let's check this out. It's been a while, and I know you never look at yours. Right. Um, but every, I was. I'm, every time I do, it's a low number. So I think I'm jinxing <laughs> it. I was very 
pleasantly surprised to see what it was uh, right now as compared to the last time I looked. It, it, it's up, it's up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Granted, good. now granted, this is only paper yeah. money. It's not. <laughs> granted, it'll be back down. But hey, what goes up must come down, right? Uh, I suppose. So. Yeah. Um, although it continues to uh, rise over time, that's that's why they say to in, be invested in it. I haven't checked yet. Did uh, anybody win Mega Millions last night for $650 million? Good question. I know it wasn't me. Let's see. Because I, I forgot to purchase my tickets yesterday. Ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. Mega Millions. Mega Millions drawing jackpot climbs to $720 million. That means nobody won last night, so good news. Yes, it does. By the way, their prediction is seven twenty. dollars by Powerball tonight's a billion dollars. Over a billion. Over One a billion. billion dollars. Um. They they say that Mega Millions next drawing will be seven hundred and twenty million, but when mm-hmm. you start to get to that point, um, they usually underestimate how big the jackpot is. So I'm going to say it's yes, probably going to be three quarters of a we, billion dollars. That's by where the we learn the word the, uh, exponentially. By the time they do the uh, drawing, so once again, as you heard, a billion over a billion dollars for Powerball tonight. Um, and remember, when it gets that high, um, your odds stay our exactly the same, 1 in 292 million. Our, our son-in-law, who, how should I put this, is not wealthy. Uh, we were talking about uh, the Powerball jackpot last night, and he says, ah, but they take so much tax out of it. Like, <laughs> are you Are you kidding me? <laughs> if they took 50% of the tax, you still have $500 million. And uh, if you take it all in one lump sum, that's still about $250 million. What is it you're complaining about? Uh, well, I mean, good grief. I could blow through $250 million in a year or two. I don't doubt that somehow. You know, it at $250 million, if you were just getting... Uh, you know, uh, right now you can you can deposit that money in, in a high interest account at four and a half percent. I don't know how you would blow through four hundred and fifty million dollars. Clearly, I don't. I, I have no practice at it. I mean, you would have to buy companies and just close them down and mm-hmm. just basically light money on fire. And even if you were lighting money on fire every day, it still takes a really long time to burn it. Right? What was the Richard Pryor Brewster's Millions? Where he was uh, going to inherit $300 million, but uh, in order to get used to having money, the guy gave him $30 million and told him he had to blow through it in, in what was it, 20, 30? I think it was, was it a month? Something like that, a month, and come out at the end with absolutely nothing left. He had to spend all $30 million and have nothing to show for it, like no assets. And uh, that was difficult. Yeah, because everything... But only if he did that would he inherit the $300 million. He, he kept accidentally making money on... Well, on it, was, it was like there was this buy. scheme. These these people wanted to... Uh, they wanted to hook up um, ships to uh, icebergs and then take them down to South America uh, so, you know, things could be cooler down there and there'd be ice and stuff. Which and he sounds thought, like a great money-losing Yeah, exactly. I'll, he said, well, I'll lose millions on that. And then it, <laughs> then it turned out it worked. <laughs> oh, but the, the funniest thing, I think, he bought the most rare stamps in the world and then mailed them to people. Yeah. <laughs> there were some things in that movie that were genius. Yeah. And, and Richard Pryor, of course, that was during his heyday. He was very funny. John Candy was in that, too. I miss that guy. Yeah, me too. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, stick around. One of the things uh, I can tell you coming up a little bit later this morning, um, we, by the way, I don't, do you know what next week is? Uh, 
you and I get really excited for this every year. We do. Yeah. What is it? Um, National Football League starts next week. Oh, like with the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the Hall of Fame game. Yes? Um, I, no? The Hall of Fame game isn't yet. Until but, August? But they, uh, teams report for oh, okay. training camp. Okay, good. Which means so, which means we will start the, getting yeah. daily and or hourly reports from all the training camps. Hall of Fame game then just a few right, weeks away right. after that. This, by the way, is the final month, final two weeks, where we will no longer have football until next year. Okay. Yeah. So, You're right. I do look forward to that. Even, super, even super if I excited about that. Completely forget about it from one year to the next. Um, also, college football is big. The Mountain West Media Days are going on. And believe it or not, we have somebody there for the Media Days. Bob Beeler is there. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. with him coming up uh, this morning. Uh, I believe they are going to be releasing the Mountain West's, um, not the All-Stars, what do you call it, the uh, preseason. Preseason all-conference All-conference team. teams. Yeah. Um, and also the picks on who the media and coaches think are going to win the Mountain West this year. Um, we'll talk with Bob Beeler coming up at about 8.35 uh, this morning. Get all the latest news on Mountain West football, Boise State football. So that's coming up. We'll also talk to him coming up tomorrow morning. So a lot of going on. Um, also, we'll get a report coming up here shortly from uh, Rick. Big news with San Diego State. Looks like they will continue to be playing in the Mountain West. Yeah. Because... Nothing they did work. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we'll get to that news. Uh, other sports news going on this morning. The best laid plans of mice and men and, and Aztecs. <laughs> yeah, uh, didn't work so well. Um, Rick Worthington here. Uh, it's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go if you want uh, breakfast every morning. Now remember, uh, they don't start serving until 7, but if you want to uh, try and figure out what you want, uh, you're going to get big, huge helpings of it. Uh, check out their menu. It's available at theporkbellyidaho.com. It was a tough night for the Seattle Mariners pitching staff as they took on the Twins yesterday. And the 1-1 pitch, a fly ball left field deep. This will send Pollock back at the track, at the wall, jumps up, and that's gone. Alex Kirilov goes opposite field, a two-run homer to left. And with the one swing of the bat, the Twins are back in front. It is 4-3 in Seattle. And that's not all. Two down, ninth inning. Correa, one base hit tonight, swings and hammers to left field and deep. Back it goes, and that ball is gone. So Correa homers out to left. The Twins have scored 10 and now have a 10-3 lead here in the ninth inning. That was the call on the Twins baseball network. Carlos Correa with that home run to left field. That was in the top of the ninth. They didn't really need it, but the Twins went on to beat the Mariners by a score of 10-3. By the way, the Twins have been pretty good this year. They're now 49-47. and They're in first place in the AL Central, just ahead of the Guardians by a game and a half. As for the Mariners, their loss last night bumps them down to an even 547-47. They also slide behind the Astros and the Angels, who both had victories yesterday. I'm Rick Worthington. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through. Also, 
Toll free 1-800-529-5264. That's toll free from wherever you might be listening today. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com, um, or once again, you can text us, same as our main number. And that's for those of you who uh, would like to take part in the uh, show. Uh, charges after the show. We, t- we talked yesterday about... Um, Indictment probably very likely. As a matter of fact, uh, Donald Trump posted uh, after our show yesterday that he's been told that he has four days to turn himself in on the possible charges. Received the letter yesterday saying that charges are imminent. And in this particular case, it's about the 2020 election and the electors from different states that weren't authorized electors no that's completely separate oh yeah those those charges so I, came okay out. i am confused then yeah those charges came out uh later yesterday michigan is charging 16 trump electors who falsely claim he won the state so these are these are different charges okay and- but but isn't he being charged with his part of if if any of of, of that particular idea they haven't said what the charges are oh, okay. they just they just said that it's got, and, it's got and, to do with the 2020 election. It, yeah, it has okay. to do with the 2020 election results. And who knows, maybe this does have something. Maybe they've um, got some way to tie Trump, and he made these 16 so-called fake electors um, come forward. I don't know. There, there's so much of this that I don't know, don't understand as of right now. Um, but those 16 people, the fake electors, have officially been charged mm-hmm. with a felony, I believe. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if you try to, you know, change change an election, um, I mean, it's considered fraud because they signed their sure. name that they were the official state electors when what, they knew that, that they weren't. Was that you yesterday that said, "Ooh, signed your real name"? Not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, the charges stem from a state Bad investigation that is separate from a federal probe yeah. by special counsel Jack Smith into attempts to reverse the 2020 election. And that's that's kind of, we don't know, like I said, the official charges, if there's one charge or if this is going to be, this is the same prosecutor um, that charged Trump with the 37 other charges previously um, having to do with Mar-a-Lago and the uh, search for classified so, documents. So Jack Smith. Yeah. So, I mean, this this somehow could be tied together, but as of right now, it's not looking like it is. It's it's a separate charge of these sixteen Trump electors, and it's specifically going on in uh, Michigan. And Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel is the one who charged these sixteen Republicans who falsely claim to be the state's twenty twenty presidential electors. Electors, they are charged with forgery and other felonies. Every time I hear that name, Jack Smith, I think, oh, I knew him when I was growing up. Jack Smith. You know, there are millions of them. Yeah, quite a few. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wires. If you want to get through it, take part in the show with your thoughts, uh, go ahead and weigh in. Also coming up after uh, top of the hour, just after 7 o'clock, she said she'd only do it for you and I. Get up that early to talk to us. State Senator Tammy Nichols.
on uh, libraries. Well, even if even if there's no breakfast, that's great. In the in the news, yeah. She 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 said she was joined us for breakfast before. Well, I mean, it's a little different. She didn't come in at seven. True, <laughs> it was more like nine. Yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, she's kind. Of, I think she kind of believes in the same thing you and I do. We would have the perfect job, and we talked about this after the show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Our job would be perfect if our morning show could start at like nine or ten in the morning. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, KBY News Time is six twenty seven. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641, uh, Caldwell Police Department warning the public to be aware of a uh, familiar scam targeting residents once again through misleading phone calls. Another reason why to never answer your phone. (laughs) Police said the smart scammer is calling people while posing to be an officer, police officer, asking for money to donate to a charity. When the call comes in, the number reflects the Caldwell Police Department, leading to at least one person to uh, have picked up the phone and listen and participate in. Unfortunately, the person who reported the scam, um, as they began asking questions, created a downhill experience for the fake officer Caldwell police said they will uh, never, ever, ever call asking for money. So mm. just know if a police officer is calling you asking for money, they will never, ever do that. It's and you should legit. never send money to the supposed charitable cause. When when I get a call like that where they say, this is so-and-so from the Caldwell Police Department, I always say, well, I'm a member of the Caldwell Police Department. And how come I don't know you? <laughs> Now, this is on top of the, uh, we told you about this last month, the 80 County Sheriff's Office also reported a phone scam where people received fake calls regarding arrest warrants. And the scammer posed as a deputy telling people that they could quash their warrant or civil judgment by placing money in a prepaid credit card. Once again, 80 County Sheriff and the Caldwell Police say they will never, ever call to request money. If you receive the scam call, they just say, hang up, do not provide the caller with any personal information i'll even take it one step further there is no police force in this country who will call you up and say hey we can quash this warrant if you just put a uh, credit (laughs) card uh load some money on a credit card and give it to us remember how you've always heard that money solves everything hey turns out it does (laughs) uh another scam this one i I wanted to play this one because this i feel sorry for this person but a craigless scam in nebraska led to a woman unknowingly robbing a bank (laughs) good grief and another person unknowingly attempt to rob a bank the scam starts with a job posting take care of someone's sick family member and the employers then asked the woman to go to a bank and hand over the phone so instructions could be given to the bank teller then the person on the phone threatens the teller and tells them to give the money to the person who gave them the phone no geez Um, here's Lieutenant Kyle Steffen talking about uh, this scam, which at least two people fell for. Well, the initial reaction, we were somewhat surprised. After the first one, we were definitely on the lookout for. And so any time that uh, they start asking for money to be sent online, that's uh, the biggest red flag that jumps up. Once again, you can see how this works because... You know, usually if you're looking for a job, you're desperate to find a job, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so you got, oh, well, this is a great job. And it's like, hey, I need you to go to the bank for this person. Um, we need to make a withdrawal, and they'll do the rest. Just hand the phone over. There should be a long list of phrases and little books. I mean, maybe I'll write this book, okay? A long list of phrases that you can look up 
uh, where the answer is, if somebody uses this phrase with you, they're trying to sell you something. <laughs> Or cheat you out of or, money. Or scam you, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. KBOI News Time is 644. Time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, if you want to get through to us this morning, uh, this update on sports, by the way, is brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. They're opening up in 15 minutes from right now. Don't forget their hip drips and drinks. You don't even have to get out of your car. You can go through the drive-thru. By the way, it's just for coffee. However... You can't order breakfast at the drive-thru, but if you order, call in your order, you can pick up your order through the drive-thru. You just can't order and drive-thru because that holds up everybody who wants a quick drive-thru for coffee. So, once again, if you want to call them up, make your order for breakfast, you can do that. Otherwise, you can get your coffee drinks, uh, no matter iced, hot, whatever, pork belly in downtown Cuna through their drive-thru. Good morning, I'm Rick Worthington. Mountain West Media Days are starting today for football season. This is going on once again in Las Vegas, and those meetings will start at 10 o'clock today. But ahead of that, ESPN is reporting San Diego State standing with the Mountain West looks to be firm. A source telling ESPN that last night that the conference informed San Diego State that it is a member in good standing. According to that source, that step in the recently complicated relationship between the Mountain West and San Diego State University means that the school will soon receive the $6.6 million that the league was withholding. Those frozen assets came in the wake of SDSU's muddled attempt to announce its exit last month. The Mountain West took the school's initial letter about its intention to withdraw as an actual withdrawal, and that set up an awkward back and forth that appears to be done now. The Mountain West presidents met Monday, kicking San Diego State out of the league wasn't ever really an option, they said, but the school is expected to have to cover the modest league fees for the legal attention necessitated by that back and forth. San Diego State had initially asked for a month extension past June 30th in order to let the Pac-12 protracted television contract to play out. Uh, news emerged, though, yesterday that having that extra month may not have helped, and the Pac-12 has not asked San Diego State to join them. Therefore, San Diego State wants to stay in the Mountain West. There you go. I'm Rick Worthington. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707. He's Chris Walden. I'm Mike Casper on the phone lines with us this morning. State Senator Tammy Nichols uh, here with us. I wanted to talk uh, about a article that came out and appeared in the uh, Idaho Press uh, earlier this week uh, about Republican lawmakers calling for Idaho libraries to cut ties with a national nonprofit over sexual orientation and political views. Idaho Freedom Caucus, coalition of 13 lawmakers, co-chaired by Representative Heather Scott and our guest this morning, Senator Tammy Nichols, um, urging Idaho Commission for Libraries and all the state's public libraries to withdraw from the American Library Association. Tammy Nichols, thanks for waking up uh, a little bit earlier with us this morning <laughs> and uh, spending a few minutes uh, explaining um, what is the impetus, what, what started this whole thing, and uh, basically why do you want to withdraw Idaho libraries from the American Library Association? 
Well, good morning. Thanks for having me on. You know, uh, libraries have become a issue in the last couple of years, not just in Idaho, but all over the United States of what's transpiring within our libraries and what access do our children have to materials that are uh, in those libraries. And so, uh, you know, we've seen issues um, continue on. And in the legislature, we've worked on legislation in regards to closing loopholes of what, uh, you know, the libraries or museums or uh, uh, school libraries are able to hand out or that students or young children have access to. We've seen the increase of Drag Queen Story Hour in the libraries. And so there's been a lot of discussion and a lot of talk about the basically the proper role of government and what, uh, what our children should be able to have access to within those facilities and what are taxpayer dollars going to. So uh, there was a change uh, made last year, um, or a vote took place with the American Library Association for a new president that was elected uh, to take uh, effect uh, this July. And uh, information started coming out that I was receiving, that uh, other members of our our Idaho Freedom Caucus was receiving uh, in regards to um, this new president. And the information that we were getting uh, was becoming very, very concerning. And so uh, we decided to uh, write a letter uh, in regards to the American Library Association and uh, libraries that um, have ties, because we do have a lot of ties with the American Library Association for our libraries in Idaho. And so we wrote this letter um, encouraging uh, a disbandment or to withdraw membership or to sever ties with the American Library Association. Now, the the Idaho Commission for Libraries itself doesn't belong to the American Library Association, and they don't receive any funds from them. How can they cut ties with them? Well, there's a lot of other ways that we have ties with the American Library Association. Um, If you go to Transparent Idaho, it actually lists how we have different ties to the American Library Association. And so we pay for um, training with the American Library Association. We also get money from the American Library Association. And a lot of the times when you receive money, there's lots of strings that are attached to it. There is an Idaho chapter of the American Library Association. Uh, A lot of our positions, library positions, um, when they uh, reference uh, what kind of requirements they want. A lot of it, has, they want them to be an American Library Association member or they want them to come from an American Library Association accredited school. Uh, many of our libraries have adopted the American Library Association Library Bill of Rights as well as the Freedom uh, to Read Statements. And uh, we participate in what's called the Library Services and Technology Act, which is partnered with the American Library Association. And so we have a lot of ties with that organization, even though there might not be direct membership, but they do offer different types of membership that um, individuals can participate in because they have uh, personal memberships for librarians, library staff and students, uh, retired professionals. So there's a lot of different ways that we could sever um, ties with the American Library Association. So is there anything specifically that the ALA is pushing here in Idaho that you don't agree with, or is it just a, a general yeah, well, there, like I said, there's been issues in the past in such, regards such as. to types of, 
Five types of materials, like sexually inappropriate materials um, for children to access, the dry queen story hours, things along those lines that have been going on. But our real concern and focus right now is because of the information that's been coming out with this new president uh, being a Marxist lesbian and the different things that she's been promoting and pushing uh, that they want to see uh, transpiring within the libraries. Um, some of the information uh, that uh, that she and others have put out, even on YouTube, YouTube videos is how to subvert and inject hard left policies and sexuality into publicly funded works. So, uh, so the information that we're getting, the information that we're seeing, and, and some of these uh, posts that she's made have been deleted since then, but uh, but they were captured uh, earlier on, or you know, what, when things go online, they live forever. Uh, and uh, pushing the drag queen story hour and a lot of her. Uh, the support that she's received is from organizations such as the drag queens and the LGBTQ and, and uh, Marxists and, and, and uh, socialists um, to help get her in the position. So we're very concerned about the ties that she has and the, and the things that she has said uh, and how that's going to be driven into, into our libraries. I should also uh, mention that this new ALA president, Emily uh, Drabinsky is her name. She's from Boise, correct. isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Marxist lesbian, what exactly does that mean? Do, and, and she basically calls her, she self-identifies as a lesbian and a Marxist. Um, does she say right. what that means? I mean, I, we know, understand what... Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, we, we know what a lesbian is, and, right. and we know really what a Marxist is. Uh, and so, you know, just combining those two words together, uh, you know, she doesn't explain herself what her version of, of what a Marxist lesbian is. But, you know, looking at history, looking at, at information from from that, uh, and just knowing basics uh, of, of uh, definitions, uh, that's, that's a huge red flag. And uh, to, to promote that, to push that in, in a tweet that she put out, uh, that, that's a red flag that should raise a lot of concern with people in regards to what kind of uh, uh, ideals and uh, things that are going to be pushed into, into the libraries. Um, you know, we, we've had a lot of people say, oh, well, these things, these other things aren't happening in our libraries. And then they start going and researching within their libraries and they are finding uh, the sexually inappropriate materials that, that kids can get. And, and there are libraries that are pushing the drag queen story hour and, and uh, promoting some of these other things. And so to have someone at the helm now that is actively uh, saying that they're a Marxist lesbian or promoting some of these other things, that does cause us a lot of concern, and, and we feel that it's better to, to sever those ties and not have taxpayer dollars going to these things uh, than continuing to try to just get along and, and hope that those things don't get into our libraries. Before we let you go here uh, this morning, just about up on time, I know we're about you know six months away from the next, next legislative session. I know that uh, the legislature did uh, deal with this subject in the last legislative session, but uh, the bill uh, ended up getting vetoed. Is this something that you're going to be looking at uh, next year? I know it's still a ways away, but as, as you start to put together your uh, agenda, is this something that's going to come up again? 
Oh, we are already working on legislation for this next session, and I I can pretty well guarantee you that there will be uh, new bills that are going to be coming out in regards to um, sexually inappropriate material material for our children and what's transpiring within the libraries. And, uh, you know, I've I've talked to libraries. We've had librarians that have contacted us uh, in the past and and recently, and they they have concerns. There are people that work within our libraries that are very concerned about what's happening within the libraries. And so I guarantee you there will be legislation that will be coming forward that deal with this issue. State Senator Tammy Nichols, thanks for waking up a little extra early to uh, talk a few minutes with us. Uh, as always, appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate your time. KBOI News Time is uh, seven sixteen. We will uh, take a break. Coming up, uh, Dow Futures up forty three uh, points as of right now. Jeremiah Bates will be uh, with us coming up here uh, after traffic and weather. Time for the morning market report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 723. Squish Walton on my cast for Jeremiah Bates with us this morning. Talk about your money. Uh, Dow Futures here opening stock market about uh, seven, eight minutes away from right now. Dow Futures are up 56. Uh, up big yesterday. Uh, the run continues here in July, and usually you don't see the run that we've seen in the um, heat of the summer, um, but it looks like it's uh, going to continue as of right now, looking ahead to the futures. Yeah, looking at futures, you know, right now it appears to be a little flat, but what we saw yesterday, and I think this is an encouraging sign, is we're getting more broad-based participation. I mean, you have the Dow Jones Industrial Average it hit a seventh straight day of gains, finished the day up yesterday over 1%, beat the NASDAQ, which which the race this, this year has been the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 because you've had essentially seven or eight companies driving the growth, and it's been the technology space, largely driven by the artificial intelligence mania. So the fact that we're starting to see more blue chip companies, consumer staple companies within the Dow Jones uh, starting to participate in this rally, I think that's more encouraging and really gives some some legs to this idea that we actually might be in a new bull market. Yeah, the old adage of sell in May, go away, not the case this year. <laughs> Definitely. Now, uh, you you missed out on a big run out if you did that. Yeah, yeah, ab- um, absolutely. The other thing I wanted to uh, ask you about is, is something that might affect some of our listeners, uh, me included, as a matter of fact. Um, but there's a uh, TD Ameritrade Charles Schwab merger that is happening. What the heck is that going to mean for us that... You know, if we've been using TD Ameritrade, um, any big changes? Yes. So this this is a very, a very important thing to touch on. So let's go. Let's turn back the clock to the history on this. So this deal actually, I mean, took place back in November of 2019 when Charles Schwab bought TD Ameritrade for 26 billion dollars. It went through the FTC. They approved it in 2020. And so now we're actually seeing the rubber hit the road and we have the first weekend of September, Labor Day weekend is when this shift is going to happen. So if you have, if you hold your accounts at TD Ameritrade, I do, this is where we hold all of our client accounts for the most part. Um, those are automatically going to move over to Charles Schwab. So account numbers will change. You will have to set up logins to access your account through Schwab. But again, this is happening across the country, across the nation. Uh, financial advisors are dealing with this. Individual investors are dealing with this. 
from my standpoint, I am excited for this merge. I think this is going to afford more tools for investors and advisors on the Schwab platform. But again, there's not really much you need to do. Your accounts will move over if you're at TD Ameritrade securely, automatically, Labor Day weekend. To access it, you just go to Charles Schwab, set up your account logins. That And how you know and how you use that platform, whether you're using TD Ameritrade as your broker, as the brokerage platform or your custodian, that's going to stay the same. So whether how it's invested is going to stay the same, your statements will carry over, your account history will carry over. So this certainly is a big deal, certainly a big change, but not much action you need to do on your part. All this will happen automatically. Um, but again, this is going to happen the first weekend of September. So just be prepared. There's a good chance you're already getting bombarded with emails and mailing notices about this upcoming merge. Um, but it's important to note that that is on the horizon. It's been a long time coming. And if you have an advisor that uses the TD Ameritrade platform, they're just simply going to move over to the Schwab platform and things will stay status quo as far as them managing your accounts. All right. Thanks uh, for that update. We'll uh, keep an eye on the market here opening up in a few minutes. Look like it's going to be opening up a little bit across the board. Hopefully it'll happen just like yesterday. All of a sudden we'll be up 400 points before we know it. Uh, <laughs> we'll get some updates from you and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, Jens. 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 741 coming up here in just about an hour. We're going to be talking with Bob Beeler. He is in Las Vegas. Probably stayed up all night at the tables, uh, but he's going to take a few minutes with us this morning. It is the Mountain West Media Days. We'll find out, uh, I believe, the naming of the Mountain West all-conference teams are supposed to come in at about 8.30 our time. So we're hoping to have that list and find out which Boise members Make that list. Also, the uh, media and uh, the coaches will also weigh in on who they think are the best teams in the Mountain West. So we're going to talk with Bob this morning. We'll also talk to him uh, tomorrow to get updates from Mountain West uh, Media Days in Las Vegas. Uh, other news surrounding Boise State. This is kind of a cool uh, ticket promotion Boise State is doing. I don't know if you, if you heard about this. Uh, Boise State has launched a We Win, You Win football ticket promotion for the Broncos home opener as we take on the University of Central Florida which, by the way, is now a Power 5 team. When we when we signed the contract and the first time that we played at Central Florida, they were not a Power 5 team. They were a mid-major, just like Boise State, but they've joined a new conference. Uh, so they will be here on Saturday, May 9th, kept kickoff scheduled for 5 p.m. Now, if you purchase a limited-edition ticket for $125 and attend that game, you will automatically receive a complimentary digital ticket to the following week's game against North Dakota. No extra money. So for $125, you're going to get two games. But wait, there's more. If you attend the North Dakota game and Boise State wins that game, you automatically get free tickets to the next game on October 7th against San Jose State. But wait, there's more. If you go to that game... And Boise State wins the game against San Jose State. You get tickets to the next home game, too, for free. No extra charges. So if Boise State is able to win all six home games this year, 
Your $125 will get you into every one of those games. Nice. Now, there is a couple of catches. Number one, um, for the We Win, You Win campaign, uh, limited will only be available through July 24th. So you have until next week to make these purchases and start to plan. The other thing is you have to be at the game in person. You can't just buy the ticket and then not go to the game and then go to the next game. So you have to go to each game, a subsequent game, to be able to continue to go to the games as long as Boise State does win. Uh, the tickets, by the way, if you're wondering, well, $125, uh, it is a little bit more, but I mean, you could be going to all six games if they win. Um, the package price, um, regular USC game, t- USC, USCF game tickets will be available for purchase on July 25th when this particular promotion is over. And, uh, those game tickets will be available for purchase at $99. Similar seats. So this really is a pretty good idea. It's the we win, you win, and like I said, uh, 125 bucks could get you into get you into at least a minimum of two games. You would hope Boise State could win at home against North Dakota, and then you get San Jose State at home. And like I said, they just keep going until you win. So it's kind of cool. Uh, also, some other local news: uh, first time in history that this is going to happen. Former Centennial High School uh, standout Boise native Sophia Huerta who was named to the United States national soccer team, uh, head of the uh, 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup, will be the first member soccer player from Idaho to ever play in the World Cup. Ah. And they take the field coming up this Friday night. She will uh, be a member, 23-player roster. She's officially a member on the roster as they take on uh, Vietnam. First game, Friday night. You'll be able to see that. uh, I believe it's on FSN one Friday night, 7 p.m. our time, USA versus Vietnam. But it's the first time in history uh, that any player from Idaho has ever made the World Cup team. So congratulations uh, to Sophia, and we'll be looking forward to watching. KBY News Time, 745. Time for uh, other sports. There are a lot of other sports, believe it or not, going on today. Rick Worthington here with another update. Brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Chef Wally there every morning. Really early, making sure he is uh, getting the deliciousness for your breakfast or lunch ready to go from scratch every day. Find out what everybody is talking about in CUNA. Head that way, Pork Belly in downtown CUNA. There's lots of football to talk about today, mostly because the Mountain West Conference, which Boise State is a member of, begins their media day starting at 10 o'clock this morning. That's all happening from Las Vegas today, and it's all being streamed live on the Mount West Conference website, if you want to check that out. There's also news about the Pac-12 today. They're expected to release details of their highly anticipated media rights deal in the near future. What does that mean? Don't know exactly, but a league source with knowledge of the conversations told ESPN last night. The deal will not be announced at Pac-12 Football Media Day on Friday in Las Vegas, According to ESPN, it's likely to include a mix of streaming and linear options and is expected to be on par with the ACC or the Big 12, according to sources from ESPN. For the Pac-12 to stay intact after the departure of USC and UCLA to the Big 10 coming up next year, the 10 remaining presidents and chancellors have to sign the grant of rights, which will depend on their satisfaction with that new deal. The 10 schools in the conference have pre-negotiated the grant of rights deal, 
and they've agreed on the terms, including how the revenue will be split, which signifies a commitment to the conference, at least for the time being. The length of that grant of rights will mirror the terms of the television contract. And as of right now, as we told you earlier, San Diego State is staying in the Mountain West and has not been offered to join the Pac-12, or anybody else for that matter right now. I'm Rick Worthington. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Record-breaking, blistering heat in the Southwest. More than 80 million Americans under heat alerts. It's like when you open like an oven, that's what it feels like. Phoenix shattering a nearly 50-year-old record after temperatures hit over 110 degrees for 19 straight days. It'll be several more days to a week before we see it go below 110 degrees. It's taking a toll on families, infrastructure, and first responders. Turn up the air conditioner a little. It's going to be hot here, too. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, 110 degrees for 19 consecutive days. Uh, I watched yesterday. Somebody uh, tried to fl- fry an egg. And, on the sidewalk? Well, the sidewalk, but they put the pan oh. on the sidewalk. And I thought, well, I mean, it's going. I wonder how long this is going to take. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it was like it was being cooked on, on a stovetop. They, the egg went in and instantly started frying. Really? Yeah. Look delicious, by the way. Um, now, granted, this this is mm, heat, and in some places, ground breaking. Um, but if some of our uh, it was one in particular idiot congresswoman is to believe, she was roasted online yesterday after she tweeted that the Earth broke a record for hottest day in 120 thousand years. Ilhan Omar used the tweet to call for a climate emergency because yesterday. We broke the record for the hottest day in 120,000 years on Earth. Now, in case you don't know, which obviously Omar doesn't, uh, weather record-keeping began in the 1800s. Well, they are able to estimate, though, what it was like before that. Estimate. Yeah. Estimate. By using science. The first thermometer was invented by Galileo in 1593. The first modern thermometer in 1714 by Gabriel Fahrenheit. 120,000 years ago takes us back to when Neanderthals were first beginning to roam the Earth. Dinesh D'Souza said, okay, let's test this claim. What was the Earth's temperature in July 20,000 years ago? 60,000 years ago. Please provide substantive uh, evidence and uh, substantiate substantiate your answers. Funny he would ask her to do that. He never does that. Kate Hyde added, I called my friend who is 117,000 years old. He just confirmed that this is totally true. Um, These are really funny if you don't understand science, I'm sure. Well, like you said, it's not science when you are trying to say, hey, we think it might have been this based on what? Based because on, there were no thermometers. Yeah, no, but it's based on on science. Which part, which science gives you what the temperature was 120,000 years ago? It doesn't tell you the exact temperature. But exactly. Can, so but her can, making the can, statement that this is the hottest day in 120,000 years is stupid. Not really. Really? Yeah. So how can you prove she, that? She, she didn't make it up. That, she heard it from scientists. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, she heard it. She heard it on a weather report in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> did the person in Florida make it up? Uh, apparently. Or did they hear it from scientists? Yeah. 
because uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how scientists can prove I mean, what the exact temperature you, okay, of Earth was 120,000 years tell ago. Tell me how carbon dating works. Uh, carbon dating doesn't do the temperature. No, I didn't ask you that. How does carbon dating work? It, okay, you don't know how it works. Do you believe it's uh, fairly accurate, though? Well, no, but I can look it up. Okay. Right. You, you can look this up, too. Yeah, I did. It, nowhere does it say that you're you not going to look up and find a chart of what temperature it was every day 120,000 years ago. Thank you. So her post of this is the hottest day we've but had in 120,000 years is stupid. But you can find out how scientists figured that out. Uh, yeah, I did look that up, and scientists don't know what the temperature was 120,000 years ago. And you looked exactly it up, 120. Yeah, I did a Google search. A, a Google search. You Google know, search where, for what? Did temper? Did the scientists know exactly what the yeah, temperature? Yeah, I said was? what was the temperature because she said we broke the record yesterday that was 120,000 years old. How does she know on July whatever yesterday date was? 120,000 years ago, exactly well, what the temperature of Earth was. True, and unless she can explain it, I would probably encourage her as well to uh, stick to tweeting things like, wow, it's hot. There you go. <laughs> KVOI News Time, 7.56. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI. 807-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Getting a quick check on the uh, stock market. It's happening a little bit kind of like yesterday. Remember we were just uh, 30, 40 points uh, on the futures up on the uh, Dow and uh, jumped a little bit after the Dow opened. I jumped over 100 points after the Dow opened. Now, right, right now, we're up 236 points. It's eight straight days that we've uh, done fairly well at yeah. the, the stock market. We can uh, end the day up again today. So Dow up big again. Standard & Poor's up 19 points. Uh, NASDAQ is up 39, but uh, the Dow is uh, the one for the last couple I of guess, days. has just been uh, really doing well. I guess we should thank the Fed chairman for not making a speech and saying a bunch of negative stuff, because that's always what makes the stock market take a dive. Don't say that too soon. I think that happens next week. Oh, great. <laughs> I think next week they they meet again, and uh, not necessarily we don't get to hear whether or not they raise or, you know, pause the um, increase in the uh, Fed rate, which they did the last time they met. They paused mm-hmm. it. Um, but if, you, if people pay attention for whatever reason to what he says afterwards, and it usually doesn't match See, up how you to can what they're t- actually doing. That's how you can tell a, a wise financial advisor. You say, hey, the stock market's doing great. And they say, oh, just wait. It'll pass. <laughs> uh, Brian writes in, uh, good morning, Mike and Chris. I moved to the Treasure Valley last fall from Fullerton in Orange County, and I am shocked. Shocked, I tell you, at this heat. Global warming is no joke. All these 100-degree days, this is nuts. Shouldn't it be in the 70s or so around here? This is the mountains. It should be cool. That's why I moved here. Again, this is nuts. Where do I go now? It's also the desert. I hate to tell you. High mountain desert. You all, you can try Miami, Florida, Houston, maybe mm-hmm. New Orleans. It's never hot in those cities. Uh, this uh, is not signed, but it was directed to me. He says, don't argue with Casper about how scientists know what they know. It's a waste of time. I had an uncle who didn't believe in dinosaurs because he never saw a photograph of a real one alive. He didn't make the connection when I asked him, why then did he believe in George Washington? <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. There aren't any photographs of George Washington. Well, I mean, if you do, I mean, if you want to believe in, in science and, they, and you know, getting the exact temperature is nuts from 120,000 years ago. But if you also want to believe in the science, when you, when you look this stuff up, 
120,000 years ago isn't even closest to the hottest that Earth has ever been. No. 600 million years ago, the Earth was way hotter than it was now, way hotter than it was 120,000 years ago. So you're saying the Earth is more than 5,000 years old. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Uh, Let's see. This is from Kim in Meridian. Kim says, uh, Senator Nick, okay, not a Senator Nichols fan. Senator Nichols is a good example of how America is divided into two groups, thinkers and conservatives. Imagine going to a library and finding ideas that are different from your own. The horror. Make Idaho dumb again. Ignorance is bliss. Okay, so that's, that's what Kim got out of the uh, interview. See, and, I mean, we've talked about this a few different times, especially during the legislature. I mean, there are certain things. I, I don't want books banned from the library. I don't want people to not be allowed to go. But I also don't. You know, want pornography just to be out for any Tom, Dick, and Harry's kid that wants to see it to see it. I, I think children should be protected, but I don't think that means you ban a book just because you or your you don't think you or your children should be allowed to see it. Yeah. Because there are other parents who think, no, it's fine. My kids are. I, I encourage them to read that type of stuff. So why why should it be just taken out of the library? This is going to be. We can talk about this um, coming up next hour, um, because if you're if you're tired of fighting over book bans, and we've had them here in the Treasure Valley, we talked with Tammy Nichols about the Idaho Legislature. She said that they're already working on an agenda to try to get. I don't know what it's going to look like. New bills in the Idaho Legislature when it meets again back in next January. Um, Idaho Falls Public Library may have a good idea, and I want to bring this up again next hour and see if this would work. And I want people to listen in, especially those of you, because there are people who have listened to us and who are adamantly against any of these books being even allowed to be in the library. They don't want public libraries to have these particular books even in the library. Um, And especially if it's a school library. But, I mean, public libraries are for the public, all public, right? They're paid for by taxpayer dollars, all taxpayers. Once again, why does it come down to a few people who say, I don't want anybody to be able to read this particular book based on my opinions? Well, generally it's because they, you know, assume that they're right. If I'm right, what does it matter, you know, how, how I got there or, you know, what I do? And I get it. Some of you want to protect your children from reading things that maybe you don't agree with, or maybe there is something that is sexual you don't think your kids would possibly understand. Um, get involved in your kid's life then and, and make sure that they're not checking out those books. Anyway, I, we'll talk to this about this next hour because, right. like I said, there there's a couple of libraries here in Idaho who have done the done this. There's an Idaho, there's a library in North Idaho and one in Idaho Falls that have just rescinded all library cards for children. All right, that that's the teaser I'm going to give to you now. But I'm going to tell you exactly what they're doing and how it's working, and see if you would agree. And I especially want to hear from people who want, you know, there's specific like what twenty, thirty different types of books or specific titles that people have said we don't want these in our libraries. Yeah. These shouldn't be in our libraries. A uh, couple more uh, instant messages. Uh, not Tammy Nichols fan. I didn't. I, I guess if you're happy with something, you don't really write in and complain about it. 
So I didn't get any um, emails, or I haven't gotten any yet from people who are in favor of Tammy Nichols. But uh, Mike uh, of Boise says, I didn't catch the name of the legislator you were talking to, but I would encourage her to switch to coffee in the morning instead of apparently waking up and drinking a big cup of stupid. See, now that's, that's clever but insulting. And this one's not signed. It says, uh, whenever Tammy Nichols speaks, it's apparent that she's deathly afraid of education. In other words, her philosophy seems to be the more you learn about different people and cultures, the more danger you're in of having your core beliefs challenged. She, like other members of the Freedom Coalition and the Freedom Foundation, can't bear the thought of having to defend their beliefs. I don't blame her, really, when your core beliefs are that someone straight can be turned gay by a book or by seeing a man in a dress or that the history of the United States uh, doesn't consist entirely of white people working in the best interests of God. I don't remember her saying any of those things. I think that's just in general. Uh, they're talking about, you know. Here's the thing that we all forget pe- about, People too. who wanted to, well, and, and that's like people wanting to ban certain history books if they're critical. Yeah. Here's the, here's the other thing, too, that, that we seem to forget. Um, I don't live in Tammy Nichols' district. Most, I'm guessing, probably the people that wrote in this morning don't live in her district. You know, she's elected. She obviously has people who like her or she sure. wouldn't be elected, right? Right. Um, and she is elected to represent those people. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to the people in her district. She probably talks to them on a regular basis to find out how they're thinking. And she's whether or not she believes some of the stuff, you're represented not for your beliefs but for the beliefs of the people who put you in that office. Well, and, and if you really want to get down to it, I've just read three emails that were critical of, of Tammy Nichols. Which, uh, geez, how do I put this? In the Treasure Valley, that means over 599,000 people didn't write in. (laughs) Uh, Another email says, when did our adult lives start to revolve around our children? When I was a kid, it was the exact opposite. My parents were responsible for my actions. When did that change? And why? And is it going to be changed back? This is just nuts, in my opinion. I think it was the 80s, because it was definitely after I was a kid. I was going to say it was after I was a kid, so you might go a little... And even after my kids were kids. It's like, you don't like living in uh, by the rules? Get your own house and move out. Otherwise, you're going to live by my you know, rules. In our house... Uh, do you know uh, what my choice of answers were if my one of my parents said no? I didn't have a choice of answers. <laughs> there were there were no answers after the world after the word no. Um, if they wanted to hear my opinion, they gave it to me. Exactly. <laughs> KVOI News Time is eight sixteen. Uh, we'll talk more about this after top of the hour. And like I said, get your input. If you want to write in right now, you can. Uh, Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com, or you can text the same as our main number. We'll take a break for traffic and weather. And when we come back, we've got a $50 gift certificate to give away for Land Ocean. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question next. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 823, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Want to make sense of this crazy market as you're trying to sell your home, still want to get the highest price possible and sell it quickly? Just need to make a phone call. They can help you out. 208-888-4128, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. All right, Kathy is going to get first crack at her question today. $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean on Eagle Road, if she can answer the question. The population of this city 
jumps 79% every day when people commute to work. Which city is it, Kathy? I think it's just got to be New York City. New York City is a great guest. Unfortunately, that is not right. Ah. Keep tr- keep ah. trying, keep trying. 208-336-3700. Max, population of the city jumps 79% every day when people commute there to work. Which city is it? I'm going to go with Washington, D.C., Mike. Well, that would be a good thing to go with because that hey. is correct. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And what, way ahead of the next closest city, Boston's second biggest daily jump at 40%. Houston is third at 28%. You just have to remember how many uh, people are employed by the federal government mm. who work in Washington, D.C. But Washington, D.C. is uh, not a, I mean, a, a huge area of city where there's a lot of places to live and it's expensive and it's expensive so people live outside the city and drive in every day for work almost 80 percent every day that's crazy congratulations max thank you gentlemen we'll uh have you hang on the line get some information from you and if you didn't get through today two more days tomorrow and friday for that 50 dollars land ocean gift certificate uh once again to win with a casper and chris damn near impossible question we will take a break when we come back mountain west media days going on so excited this is the last month of the year where we will not have football until next year just great news uh boise state how are they going to do in the mountain west this year how many players going to be named to the mountain west's all conference team bob beeler will be with us to give you the latest update from media days we'll talk with him coming up in about 10 minutes from now don't go away the Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Currently 73 degrees in downtown Boise. It is 838. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. And uh, on the phone, all the way from a very cool area of the uh, country, Las Vegas, Nevada, Bob Beeler is with us this morning. Uh, has it been a little bit warm there? It's been about 110, about 112, Mike. And uh, But the beautiful pools here at the Circa Hotel. So uh, we did a show yesterday over on uh, KTIK, the ticket, where we did it out of the cabana next to the pool, and it was quite nice. Was it, quite it, nice. So it wasn't, it wasn't super hot even though you were outside? Well, we were underneath inside a cabana, so we were out of the direct sun, sunlight. It was warm, but, you know, when you're not out there, it's not terrible. Yeah. I saw your post that you should have brought your swim trunks. So. <laughs> I should have. I really should have. So. Um, thanks for taking a few minutes uh, with us this morning. Um, let's go ahead and get to the latest news. It's Mountain West Media Days going on this week, of course, and that's why you're there. Uh, can't wait for the football season for the football season to uh, get here. Uh, of course, July, the last month of this year, where we won't have football. Um, give us the latest news that you have so far this morning from Mountain West Media Days. Well, right now they are releasing their uh, preseason polls and players of the year, and then they'll do an all-conference team. So it's sort of coming out. We have some of them right now. The order of finish predicted for the team, uh, Boise State is picked to win the conference again this year. Uh, They got uh, 28 first-place votes. Two went to Air Force, the team that was picked second. Five first-place votes went to Fresno State, the team that was picked third. San Diego State was picked fourth. They got one first-place vote. San Jose, number five. Wyoming, six. Colorado State, seven. 
Utah State has picked eighth. How about this one? UNLV has picked ninth. But there's some voter here that thinks they're going to win the league and picked them first. <laughs> Hawaii, Nevada, and New Mexico will round out the bottom 10, 11, and 12 on the poll. And this is, once again, this is media voting on this, correct? This is media voting, correct. I, I did pick Boise State to win the league. I had Fresno second. I had Air Force coming in third. And uh, I think I had San, uh, San Jose coming in fourth. So, um, But, uh, you know, I think Boise State, especially on offense, has the most back of anybody in the league. Air Force probably getting the, the nod at number two because most people believe they have the best defense that's returning at this stage. But they do have to break in a – a new quarterback in Air Force is not done as well when they've had had a new quarterback in their system. And at least the last two times they've had a first-year starting quarterback, they haven't done that well. So they, they have to get a guy who can hand off well? <laughs> well, you make a lot of decisions. You run the ball. It seems like Air Force quarterbacks, probably like anybody, um, get better as they go. And I think that in, in a lot of the situations, you know, they're the decision maker of, you know, whether you hand the ball off to the fullback or whether you keep it or whether you pitch it on the dive. Uh, I think, uh, you know, that that's the case. It takes a little while to uh, learn to make the correct reads in a triple option, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And then again, um, you know, quarterbacks a key position. Uh, the players of the year have been announced. Uh, player of the year on offense, uh, quarterback Chevin Cordero at San Jose State uh, beats out the wide receiver Tory Horton of Colorado State and Taylor Green from Boise State. Defensive player of the year, they're voting for Wyoming linebacker Easton Gibbs. And again, nominated was DJ Schram for Boise State. Special teams player of the year, kicker slash punter Jack Browning of San Diego State uh, beats out Jonah Dalmas in that, in that award hmm. each preseason. Uh, probably on the strength that uh, he does both kicking and punting. Uh, kicker might be the strongest position in the Mountain West this year. There are probably four really, really good kickers, but uh, Browning is the only one of the four that does both. Yeah, I was going to ask you why, because it seems like for the last couple of years, Domus has been some of yeah. the one of the best kickers in the league. But I guess it makes sense if you have uh, punting and kicking being handled by right. one person that. And- and, and Hoyland is, is just as good as far as distance and accuracy at Wyoming. And then Talton, the kicker at Nevada, who is the all-time field goal leader in conference play, excuse me, in the Mountain West Conference. So there are four elite kickers in this league, like I said. I, if you ask me what the strongest position nationally when you're looking at you know how they stack up with nationally, I think kicker might be the strongest position in the Mountain West. Interesting. Um, there in Las Vegas, once again, talking with Bob Beeler uh, this morning from Las Vegas, Mountain West Media Days. Uh, the, the, the Media Days go through Thursday or Friday? No, they actually go through uh, tomorrow, which is uh, which is Thursday. It's a two-day event here, the Pac-10 or Pac-12, I guess, depending on how many are in it, what they're calling themselves. They're going to do a one-day thing on Friday, one-day thing on Friday. Now, are there representatives there from San Diego State acting like nothing has happened? Uh, I've just seen a couple of people before. Some of the tweets coming out make it sound like nothing has happened. So, um, well, I guess in the in like the grand be... scheme of things, the only thing that's really changed is that now, if they do eventually decide to leave, instead of the seventeen million dollars, they're going to have to pay thirty four million dollars. 
right? Well, well, that that that's that's true only if they want to leave for next year. Yeah. I think that's dead now. I really do. I mean, I, I think that San Diego State's going to be in this league for at least two years now, this year and one more. Um, I, I think what the league it sounds like. Well, Gloria Navarro, the commissioner, is going to be speaking in you know probably less than an hour. Um, but just reading some of the tweets, Ross Dellinger had something, and it sounds like they're just going to say that you know we're not. You have to abide by the letter of the law, and the letter of the law is if you if you say you're leaving by June 30th, then it's one price, and if you wait, it's another price. So I think if let's say the Pac-12 would invite them in January, you'd put the you know you'd put in, and you wouldn't be able to leave until the following year. So I I think that's what they're going to say. They're going to stick with the letter of the contract. Um, I, I read an article last night on ESPN that said that they believe that the decision insiders believe came after the Pac-12 failed to announce their new media deal, which was supposed to have happened by the end of June. And then they said, hey, we'll announce it early this week. That came and went, and now they're not even sure if they're going to announce it on their media uh, day, which you said coming up here on Friday. And yeah, so, that, I mean, if they have no place to play next year, they're kind of like, well, maybe we won't play football in 2023. No, I, I think they'll be here for... 23 and 24 would be my guess. By the way, guys, the uh, all-conference offensive team has been announced. Boise State will have two players on the offensive side of the ball, running back George Halani, as well as offensive uh, tackle Cade Beresford will be on the the all-conference preseason team. Uh, Chevin Cordero, again, who had the offensive player of the year, San Jose, is going to be the quarterback on the team. Uh, Boise State, again, just two guys on the offensive side. Defense is released as well. And on defense, uh, there is right now, there's one player on the defensive side of the ball, and that is linebacker D.J. Schramm. So not a lot of love for Boise <laughs> State individually, guys. Only three players on the all-conference team, but a lot of love as far as team goes. They've got them first. Yeah, Does that surprise you as strong as the uh, Boise State offense is supposed to be this year, that only two players made all-conference preseason? I voted for more than two. I think when the season's over, I think uh, Green's going to be the best quarterback in the league. Um, but a lot of it's on past performance. A lot of times people don't want to vote. Like I'm looking at the, 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 the logos of the teams. You know, you've got San Jose State on offense has the quarterback, and that's it. Air Force has one running back and one offensive lineman. Uh, Colorado State has one receiver. San Jose, San Jose has a receiver as well. San Diego State has a tight end and a, and a lineman. Wyoming has a lineman and a kicker. So I think a lot of times, you know, people don't want to just load up their ballot with the same team. I just think that, you know, you look at it and they kind of spread things around. Well, and we have to remember this is just a preseason kind of opinion type poll where you think it's going to be not based on anything other than the fact that, you know, maybe last year they did well and expecting to do well yeah. again this year. Um, the one that really counts is at the end of the season. Absolutely, and I was going to say one of the things about the all-conference teams, you know, you got counting the kicker and the return man, you got, what, 26 or something guys on the team. hate to say it, but somebody's going to get hurt and not be able to do anything. Somebody in that list is not going to excel. I mean, he wasn't on the all-conference team last year, but, you know, Hank Bachmeyer was certainly somebody that was well thought of coming yeah. into the season, and he ended up leaving after week four. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, it's a preseason poll, you know, usually transfers and freshmen don't find their way on these teams because nobody knows them or doesn't right. know what to expect of them. So, you know, 
think think of Green coming in. No one would even have expected him to play last year. Yeah. So um, a lot can happen between the, the preseason and the postseason. The postseason, I believe they picked two teams and some honorable mentions. So more players will be honored in the postseason. And this one, of course, is just the, the preseason. All right, Bob. Um, just one quick question before uh, we let you go here this morning. Um, is Halani going to be the best running back on the team by the end of the season? <laughs> I think that's a good question. Um, you know, uh, I, I think Ashton Genty is really good. They're different style backs. I'm, I, I think the most fascinating thing for me heading into this season offensively, besides what is Bush Hamden's offense going to look like, you know, is it, what, what's going to be different about it than, you know, what they ran last year? But also, how they're going to use their running backs. I mean, are they going to are they going to use them both at the same time on occasions? Are they going to alternate them? Are they going to play the hot hand? You know, I, I think it's going to be fascinating. I mean, I, I think you can make a case that you know, let's just say maybe has he the two best running backs in the league yeah. possible. But yeah. yeah, I mean, but but boy, nice luxury to have two really really good running backs. Bob, thanks for taking a few minutes with us uh, this morning. Um, I'll let you get back to the tables. I'm, I'm sure that's where you're headed yeah. right now, right? <laughs> uh, actually, no. We're going to have the commissioner's address coming up soon. So. Dang it. You hate when that work gets in the way of fun, don't exactly. you? Exactly. All right. Uh, Bob Beeler, uh, thank you very much for keeping us updated. I, we're going to talk to you again tomorrow morning as uh, Mountain right. West right. Media Days uh, wrap up. But thanks for taking a few minutes with us this morning. Great. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 8.54, some emails uh, to get to. Um, why? Uh, Craig writes in, why are people worried about library books when practically every child who can read has a smartphone? Good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's see, Mark... Uh, commenting on the same thing, says uh, Tammy Nichols and her ilk seem to believe the flat earth philosophy in the 21st century and their type are actively working to make us all that way. She seems to have a lot of your listeners convinced. I would hate it if you guys didn't broadcast this stuff, though. I love the entertainment. When Casper was gone, things became much too rational. Rational talk is way boring. Rock on, you believers. I guess I some of that may have been tongue in cheek. Maybe I didn't listen to her interview closely as this guy did. I don't ever remember her saying she believed that the Earth was flat. Mm. So I don't know what point you're trying to make. No, I think he's just comparing the two. Uh, yeah, there's no comparison. Um, when did we get so no name on this one says when did we get so mixed up by who represents who? Are you kidding, Mike? My representative represents my view question mark and the views of all their constituents. How is that even possible? I'm sure there aren't two people in my district who think alike. Well, I doubt that that's true. Uh, that's why our candidates are supposed to campaign, debate, hold town halls, etc. So I learn the views of the candidate and pick the one that most closely represents my views. Hopefully the candidate was truthful and will vote consistent with my beliefs. Well, here's the thing, whoever you are, like I said, you didn't give your name. Um, they, if they don't represent your beliefs, they can get fired. You fire them. That's why you have an election. If, if you don't like the way or you, you go to them and say, as a majority, they don't represent one person. They don't represent just your views. 
They're elected by a majority, yeah. so they're going to represent the views. Now, my point was, if I want something done in the legislature, I'm not going to go to Tammy Nichols. She doesn't represent me. I don't vote for her. I can't fire her. She's not your district. She's not in my district. I'm going to go to my legislature. I'm going to write an email to my legislator, and I'm going to say, hey, look, I'm concerned about this. Can you do something about that? If they get enough people writing that are concerned about the same thing I'm writing about or concerned about, then they're going to do something about it. And if that doesn't happen, that's when they get fired. That's why you have elections. So, yeah, they do represent, are supposed to represent the beliefs. Because if they don't represent the beliefs of the majority, not every person individually, but to represent the majority, then they're not going to be there very long. 208-336. Like I said, you can always just do like that one friend of mine and and vote against the incumbent every single time. (laughs) 208-336-3700, pound 670. On your Verizon Wireless, um, you can also call us toll-free, 1-800-529-5264. we got to take a break for news coming up here next at the top of the hour. As I told you, when we come back, if you're tired of fighting over book bans, an Idaho library might have one possible solution. I think this is going to work. We'll get your inputs and uh, thoughts on that uh, as I tell you this story of uh, library in Idaho Falls. We'll do that coming up after the top of the hour. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Into the 9 o'clock hour, 75 degrees in downtown uh, Boise. Phone lines are open for you, 208-336-3700, toll-free 1-800-529-5264. Wherever you may be listening, if you have a Verizon wireless phone, just easy to... Hit pound six seven. Uh, you can also uh, email us, Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com, Texas, if you would like. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Um, somebody writes in an email asking a question. What the hell is transvestite story hour? I haven't, I, I haven't heard of transvestite story hour. I've heard of drag queen story hour. I don't know if it's similar, um, but there are apparently some libraries that have drag queens come and they read stories to the kids from the library i'm guessing transvite transvestite story hours is the same i don't i don't i don't know yeah i looked up transvestite story hour and all that brought up was drag queen story hours so apparently they believe it's the same thing is drag queen story hour? I, i know it's going on i i just have not heard of any place in idaho where it has happened. Am I wrong? Has it happened in Idaho? I don't know. I don't know either. I, I'm, I'm putting all that I, out there for all our I know for sure is morning. I haven't attended one. I haven't attended one either. Um, I don't even know if it's going on in, in, in Idaho. Uh, not surprised writes in uh, Marx is defending exposing children to adult sexual preferences, adults dressing drag. That's their deal. However, adult sexual preferences are not things children are to be exposed to. Everyone is fine with things like guys running around naked and dancing in front of kids and pride parades or exposing themselves and drag shows, they need to be invested for child abuse. Irony of someone saying Tammy not being able to defend her ideas when I've yet to hear a uh, cognizant argument for exposing children to such debauchery. Debauchery. So there's somebody who did like what Tammy Nichols had to say. What what does he mean, exposing themselves in drag shows? Um, Have you ever been to a drag show? Or been to a, the one that I, I can remember years ago. The first one I accidentally walked into was a pride parade in San Francisco. 
and there were naked people everywhere. Assless, well, if, assless if you're chaps. Na- if you're naked, you're not in drag. Um, well, it was a drag show. So, yeah, they, they weren't necessarily all dressed in drag, but there were some there that were, they, were, they moving were dressed in drag um, as fast as a parade moves. So it was a drag race. Not really. They weren't running. Oh. It, wasn't, it wasn't a race to win anything. It was, it was a parade, just like you would go to the 4th of July parade, only you had... So I suppose if you, I suppose if you uh, were taking off your clothes, it could be a drag strip. Could be. But they had things like, and I'm not being offensive, they actually called, this was their group, Dykes on Bikes. And they were a group of women who were all topless, all riding Harleys and motorcycles. That was, they were a part of the parade. Like I said, I walked into this thing accidentally in San Francisco, didn't realize the Pride Parade was going on. Quite a bit different than the Pride Parade that happens here in Boise. You were just looking for O'Farrell's, right? What's (laughs) O'Farrell's? Look it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> guys, guys used to go to radio conventions in San Francisco, and the record guys would take them to this place called O'Farrell's that apparently uh, it, was, it was like a strip club, only eh, extra filth. Oh, a sex club instead of a strip club. Exactly. Got it. Um, I, wanted to, I told you I was going to bring this up. Uh, an Idaho library is uh, doing this. And I'm specifically asking the question to those people who want to see certain books banned from libraries. Like you, you think that they should not be in a public library. They should not be in any school libraries whatsoever. Republican lawmakers, um, this, this goes to what we were talking about earlier this morning too, uh, but last month the Idaho Falls Public Library rescinded all library cards for children. That was their first step in a new policy aimed at giving parents more control over what their children read. So there are now two kinds of library cards for children. Restricted cards, which allow them to check out books only from the children's selection, and uh, unrestricted cards, which enable them to check out anything apart from movies and and graphic novels in the adult section. And see, even that uh, didn't make everybody happy. Because it's the, the groups always point out that there are books that are in the children's section that have to do with more adult themes. They're just written in such a way that it looks like a children's book. And so they're not happy about that. The adoption of these policies demonstrate clearly that there is no need for legislature to, to continue with their efforts to crack down on public libraries. Because they'll do it voluntarily? Because basically the library is already taking care of it with not being able to check out these particular books if you're a child. That's according to uh, Idaho Falls Public Library Director Richard, uh, uh, didn't give his first name, Director Richard said, each community went on should be able to make their own choices when it comes to their libraries. Said he hopes the move will end attacks on library workers coming from some lawmakers and small groups of censorship advocates we've been, had board meetings where people have come in and accused people of sex trafficking and open up kids to the abuse and drug abuse um he said it's very demoralizing it's uh, very hard to deal with nobody wants to be called a pedophile simply because you have books on a shelf that describe human reproduction 
As with policies like these, parents with objections to books in the library have all the tools they need to decide what their kids will read instead of trying to change the laws so that they can dictate what all the kids will read. And that, and that, that sounds fairly responsible. So for those of you, and I, we've had this conversation before, there were a, a list of, I think, what was it, in the Napa Library, for instance, when we were talking about this earlier this year, 25 books that they wanted just taken out of the library. Mm-hmm. Didn't want anybody to see it. Would this be a reasonable option? Instead of just getting rid of the books, making it so parents get to decide which books get to be checked out. Oh, yeah. Then, I mean, the the point here is uh, whether adults, people 18 years and older, still have freedom of choice. And, yes, they do. And uh, you don't necessarily uh, have to advocate that children have complete freedom of choice because children never have complete freedom of choice if their parents are responsible. You know, you don't let a five-year-old make decisions for themselves when it comes to like do you want to do this uh, this safe thing or this dangerous thing because they're not necessarily going to have enough information to make the correct decision whereas an adult would and their parents have their best interests at heart one would assume Uh, another person writes in why can't books be rated like movies and games what would that do it would create controversy the same as Ratings on games and records and well, movies do. Just to give you an example, just because a movie is rated PG-13 doesn't mean if you're 10 years old you can't get into the movie. True. It just tells you, hey, this is you know rated for someone who is probably a little more a, adult than a 5- or 6-year-old. Doesn't somebody, mean they still can't go to the movie. Somebody called us up one day and said something about, well, you know, it's illegal for a kid to get into an R-rated movie. And I said, no. No, it's not. It's not. Number one, it's not illegal uh, the uh, movie uh, industry is regulated by itself, and the theater industry is regulated by itself. The theater decides whether a kid can get into an R-rated movie or not. There's no law against it whatsoever. No, and, and, a, and a parent can take a kid into an R-rated movie. The only thing it does is give parents guidance to go, oh, this is R-rated, maybe, yeah. maybe my 12-year-old shouldn't be going to this. I have only, in my entire life, and I can't... I'm, trying for the life of me to remember what the movie was but there is only one movie that i have ever ever gone to in my life that was rated r that specifically was not allowing anybody in who was not accompanied by an adult in my entire life that there's only been that one movie and and i can't remember oh. uh what the movie was when when was it I mean, this, how old were you yeah it was here on boise was it recently? Uh, within the last twenty years. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, not recently, but I, 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 I want, like my kids were around sixteen, seventeen. So I want to say it's got to be you know fifteen years ago, and it was here in Boise at the theater. Well, I mean, was that it was closed? It's closed down. Was now. it one that had a lot of sex in it or something? I don't even remember that. Mm. I, it could have been sex. It could have been violence. Um, I, I, I don't remember. I just remember that I was like, wow, I've never seen this enforced before, where they actually had people saying, "Sorry, you're not allowed to have a ticket unless you have." a parent with you and we had we had we had brought a couple of our kids with us so they were able to go in that's the only time in my entire life where i've ever seen that it it strictly enforced when i was growing up i mean and the uh the movie rating system came in when i was about three or four years old before that they didn't have one and theaters simply you could decide the theater if it was an adult themed movie you didn't have to run it 
you know, you, and the theaters don't have to run anything. No, they don't have they, to run anything. They can choose what they run. <laughs> they're, they're, they're capitalists. They want to run the movies that are going to yeah. make them the most well, money. that's true. And so that's when they came up with the rating system. And uh, the first thing we had, we had G, it was, it was G, R, and uh, X. And they were supposed to be, you know, G was everybody, R was it had some adult themes, X is kids should not see this. Mm-hmm. However, it didn't have anything necessarily to do with sex. It could be a violent movie yeah. or one with drug use in it or something like that, and it could be X-rated. But they forgot the, the people. They, they copyrighted the G rating. They copyrighted the R rating. For some reason, they never got around to copywriting the X rating. So the porn industry picked up the X, and that's where they came up with triple X. There's no such thing as triple X, no. <laughs> and there's no such thing as it double X. It just makes it sound, oh, this is um, going to be really good. No, and, and so it wasn't just a movie with adult <laughs> themes and things that kids shouldn't see. It was flat-out hardcore. And so immediately... So, uh, since you know the porn industry took up the X thing, immediately theaters started saying, "Well, we'll never show an X-rated movie." And so, X-rated movies basically that were for everybody quit being made. Yeah, two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break here. Uh, your thoughts on uh, the public library in Idaho Falls? There's also the community library network in North Idaho, um, also doing a similar policy where they've just completely stopped the. Um, library cards and then reissued library cards based on parents approval of whether or not their kids should be able to check out some of those books um would this would this meet your needs for an alternative to just getting rid rid of books in a library go ahead and give us a call 208-336-3700 Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you uh, want to get through this morning. Another way to uh, communicate and take part in the show is by emailing mike at kbui.com and chris at kbui.com. You can also uh, text us if you would like. Uh, same number as our main number, 208-336-3700. Uh, another email writes in, when did we as a nation decide we no longer cared for our children? We no longer value them. We no longer wanted to protect their innocence. There are only children for such a short time. Why did we decide we wanted to take that from them? No, was a no greater public value to make sure our children had access to things that are banned from shelves and gas stations or grocery lines that they should read, which you couldn't read on public airways or repeat at a school board meeting. Nobody decided that. No. I, you're still going to decide that for your own children. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've never seen a law or a, even a library that said, hey, if your kids want to check out anything they want, you can't stop them. No, they, they don't believe that. It comes to raising your, your own kids. And I guess, like I said, I agree in the fact that there are certain things that I don't want my kids, you know, when they were a certain age to read. But I get to make that decision. It shouldn't be somebody else going, hey... You may want to your kids to be able to read this, but I don't want my kids to be able to read this. So we need to get rid of it completely, so well, nobody can read it. And you, you mentioned. I mean, you you mentioned this to me earlier. You raised seven kids, and they were not all alike, were they? No. If you told one of them to stay away from something, he might stay away from it and go, "Hey, good idea." 
And if you told another one to stay away from it, the first thing in their head might be, oh, I'm supposed to stay away from that. It must be something good. You know, and they act accordingly. Um, um, another email, Mike at KBY.com says, Mike, when my kids lived at home, they too lived by the rule, my house, my rules, or their mother's. A few years later, we were visiting my tightwad youngest son. I adjusted his air conditioning. When he came home, he walked over, changed it back, and looked me straight in the eyes and said, my house, my rules. I think he had been waiting years to be able to say that to me. <laughs> Probably kept it hot just for that reason. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. I'm in charge here. Uh-huh. Um why does it seem uh, like we rerun these transgender stories seemingly every three minutes, yet no one so much as ekes a word about all those shootings happening out near Caldwell as of late? How is this not the top news? How is this not the most important topic for the local community? It seems like it's more important than whether or not people are having their pronoun request satisfied. More needs to be done to uncover what sort of violence is going on because this is a form of warfare we are starting to wonder. Well, I think they did do something um, Caldwell police arrested two suspects last night connected to the five separate shootings, and that mm-hmm. was in the news. Um, so you can't say it's not being talked about, or else how would how would you hear about it? Um, but anyway, in case you hadn't heard, a 19-year-old man and his 21-year-old girlfriend were arrested in connection to at least five different shootings in the area of 7th Avenue and East Freeport Street. We've reported on some of these going all the way back to the beginning of the year yeah. in January when just random gunfire was happening in this neighborhood. Well, yeah. Cars were shot up, houses were shot up, and they couldn't figure out what was going on. I I think in order to have a really, uh, you know, spirited, uh, a spirited uh, conversation about that sort of thing, somebody would have to call up and say, you know, those shootings in Canyon County, uh, I'm all for that. And no one ever does. Yeah, I, I don't think you would get anybody other than the two people that apparently were, and they still don't know the reason why they were doing it. Hey, we could do a story. We could do a show. Murder, good thing or bad thing? <laughs> They're or apparently gang-related in some way, shape, or form, but they have been arrested. They are being held. Um, one of them, the, the uh, gentleman, I, I, once again, I'm referring to him not because he is a gentleman, just the man was the one apparently who had pulled the trigger. His girlfriend was arrested for um, destroying evidence. Um, they are both being held. And the, there were at least five shootings that happened in this neighborhood, but wow. they have been arrested as suspects in those shootings. Take a break. Phone lines open 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Get back to more of your emails and phone calls after news next. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 934 208 336 3700 pounds 670 on your Verizon wireless. Another question I want to <laughs> ask this morning because I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing for Jason Aldean. You heard in our uh, national news top of last hour that uh, CMT has pulled Jason Aldean's music video accu- after accusations of it being pro lynching. Um, Jason Aldean took to his social media yesterday to defend the song from its yeah, critics. Basically, the lyrics are kind of like uh, somebody saying, we don't take kindly to that sort of thing around here, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. Basically, there's no all, these, all these things we see happening on TV, if you try to do that in our town, somebody's going to, uh, you know, give you the business, so to speak. Well, and, and people were saying, oh, this is a pro-lynching song, and there's no lynching 
in the song. It's never mentioned in the song. This is one of those things where, because I'm already one of the people that didn't, I've never heard the song before. However, I, I heard the story at the top of the hour, and I immediately went and listened to the song. Mm-hmm. How many people are listening to this song who would never have actually ever listened or watched the video this is one of those things where there's no such thing as bad, bad publicity. publicity right? yeah. It's like, uh, okay, I would never have gotten You wanted to be in the newspaper, I got you in the newspaper. <laughs> what are I, you complaining about? I would never have gone to listen to this song had I not heard the story. Um, ABC News at the top of the hour. I'm wondering how many people now that this is uh, starting to take off. I go, I got to go check that song out. I'm going to go watch that video. Just curious. He's probably Jason Aldean is probably laughing all the way to the bank this morning. <laughs> that was always the Liberace thing. Uh, people would criticize him for being flamboyant and things like that, and he'd say, "Well, I cried all the way to the bank." <laughs> uh, email in uh, David. This is something we were talking about earlier this morning. I hate it when we have to come to rely on Google and the internet in general <laughs> as the place we go for facts and news. Anybody can put anything they want on Google. It has changed our history and the very definition of facts. So just because it is or is not on the Internet does not mean a thing. I sure wish someone would address this problem. It's not entered. It does not mean something does not exist. And if it is entered on the Internet, yeah. it does not mean that it is truth or factual. This, I think, is from Heath. Uh, it says, have you seen the Babylon B version of Story Hours? They, now, ba- Babylon B is a little bit like The Onion, right? Is they're, that correct? Uh, I think they're funnier than The okay. Onion, oh, okay. but, but they're a satire. So, but yeah. A satire parody. Have you seen the Babylon B version of Story Hours? They have Satan come in and talk to the kids. Really funny, especially when one of the teachers or librarians says, this is why our kids can't read good. <laughs> um, no, I admit I have not seen that one. Another email says... Uh, why do we protect our children, permit harm to others, no bans, just standards? Of course you decide for your own children, but there used to be public standards. Would you allow your grade school child to attend a drag queen story hour? Would you re- recommend a book to your child with a very detailed explanation, including pictures of how to do all manners of sex, not just an explanation of the basics? You need to include in your discussions what is really being questioned here for children. Speak uh, to the depravities that we're talking about, unless you can't, uh, you would have fewer supporters. Not quite sure what you mean there, but um, I think you make my point for me and don't even realize that you made my point for me. Which is? Would you allow your grade school children to attend a drag show, drag queen story hour? No, but I get to make that choice for my child. Would you recommend a book to your child with a very detailed explanation, including pictures of how uh, to do all the manners of sex? Not just an explanation of the basics. It depends on how old my child is. How old are you talking? Would I allow, would I allow my five-year-old? No. Would I allow my 16-year-old, 17-year-old? Yeah, probably. If it's a science book, it's science. Yeah, there, I mean, uh, I took anatomy and physiology and, in high school. and uh, There were some explicit b- pictures boy, in that, right? B- boy, howdy. <laughs> but, you know, a, a doctor, uh, I and mean, that's what most, a lot of the kids, and not everybody, but a lot of the kids in anatomy and physiology were planning on maybe a medical career. And so if you're a doctor, you, 
you can't get real squeamish about anything in particular. Yeah. That, when I said that you kind of make my point for me in, in that, yeah, I, I get to decide what my kids should be able to see and not see. Mm-hmm. I don't want you deciding for me what I want my kids to not be able to see or read. Now, there are, I totally agree with people that are saying there are certain things that children should not be allowed, but that's, that's my own opinion. Other people are like very open with their children at a much younger right. age than I ever was, that I wouldn't well, have had and- that discussion. But the, I mean, that, that's the point. It's like, it, it's your children. You yeah. should be able to decide what you you know, and allow I mentioned, your children to read. I mentioned earlier, I mean, you raised seven kids and they were all different, but like my mom raised four children. And there were two of us that she knew very well if she said not to do something that that thing wasn't going to happen for two of us. I was one of those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the other two, she knew very well that if she said not to do something, that was probably the first thing they were going to run out and try. Well, because if you're telling me not to do something, it must be fun. Yeah, you, you've really piqued my curiosity. <laughs> I um, mean, and with the other two, I mean, we... When we heard, you know, her talk, it was like, danger, Will Robinson. Okay. Thanks for telling me about the danger. Uh, if you want to weigh in, once again, do you, do you like, this is an Idaho Falls Public Library who has done this. Um, in case you're just tuning in this morning, they've rescinded all their library cards. They did this last month for children. So they basically started over from scratch because they were seeing some of the same things that we saw here in the Treasure Valley that were going on. So um, they decided to take things into their own hands. So they started over from scratch. So there are now two kinds of library cards for children. Restricted cards, which allow them to check out books only from the children's section, and unrestricted cards, which enable them to check out anything apart from movies and graphic novels in the adult section. And the people who decide on which library card that each child gets are the parents of that specific child. So okay. you don't have to be there with the child every time because that's something that um, has been brought up from time to time when we talked about this before. It's like, well, you can't always be with your child every time they want to go to the library. If they want to go to the library and, and work on schoolwork or something like that, well, here's a way that you don't have to be with them every time. You've already made yeah. the decision, and the library will not allow that kid to be able to check out a book if they don't have the unrestricted card. Ed writes in and says, why is there no Drag King story hour? Is this sexist? Uh, you know, and you might be kidding, but a Drag King is a thing. A Drag King is like Victor Victoria. It's a woman who dresses up uh, traditionally the way a man oh, would and, true, yeah. and then performs. I mean, you could have a little beard and be like the evil guy, Simon Legree, or something like that. Uh, but Or a lot of them dress as uh, Elvis. That's called being a Drag King. Mm-hmm. And no pun there. You know, like drag king of rock and roll. Or Thank you very much. You give you Michael Jackson, drag king of pop. 208-336-3700. Paul from Nampa. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Morning. Thanks for taking my call. You know what you just were describing, kind of two different library cards, I think, is is its idea. It's been coming for a long time, and I think for that library to choose to do that can uh, evade a lot of different problems, like children bringing home the wrong books and then mom finding out about it. And, you know, when the, we had the bookstore that we had for years, we just, we kept the art books and the other ones in front of us about two, two different bookcases away. So we knew who was in the 
in the books that were going to be used for an art class or for drawing, whatever. And With nudes, in other words. So we always knew who was getting into the books that maybe should or should not be into. And my mom took a, took control of that situation when uh, somebody that was obviously probably too young to be looking in them, she would direct them to the children's section. And, and that seemed to work. And now, the way that you just described to me, that seems to make a lot more sense because they're still going to pull them off the shelf. And, and if they feel uncomfortable or uneasy, they're probably going to put them back knowing that mom's not going to let me take these home anyway. But curiosity, you know, you, you, you can't stop a child from being curious about things, but it, it's what's going to be put in front of them or the opportunity to be put in front of them to learn from, I think is, is the main key right there. And uh, I just, I like that idea a lot. It, yeah. it seems to make sense. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Paul. You can't stop kids from uh, curious, but my parents tried to beat it out of me. (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't work, did it? Um, Well, I mean, for certain lengths of time, it did. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, it worked temporarily. (laughs) Like, I know tonight I'm not doing that. 208. Again. 336, 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We will take a break. Uh, One final segment on the way. If you want to get through, chance to do that right now. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 79 degrees in downtown Boise. It is 949. A couple more emails to uh, get to. CJ writes in, I think uh, the over... Arcing lament about uh, protecting the innocence of children is how easy such deplorable content is now readily accessible and presented to children. Democrats, politicians, and voters alike are making the varied sexual acts of adults easily accessible to children. It didn't used to be a debate to protect children's innocence on either side. Now the depravity has reached a point where many parents are sacrificing their children's innocence to the current neo-Marxist dogma. I think the only thing that has changed when you when you say that you know, that making varied sexual acts of adults easily accessible to children, the only thing that's really changed is technology. Because if I wanted to see that when I was a kid before there was the Internet or smartphones mm-hmm. or anything like that, I had to go underneath my father's mattress. Yeah, there's very little that's new. There, There's just uh, more access to it. It's a lot easier. I mean, Internet... Uh, you used to have, what, uh, three, four channels on your TV. Now you have 300, and a lot of them are filled with stuff that mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily want anybody to see. Right. <laughs> Let's see. Here's one. Uh, this is based on a comment that was uh, based on, uh, we spoke with Tammy Nichols earlier, and it says, I understand the commenter's remark about Nichols being of flat-earth mentality, that somehow the libraries in the rest of America are dangerous and the people who make decisions about the books contained in America's libraries are less capable of making those decisions than the Handmaid's Tale religious right people here in Idaho is just more evidence the descent into censorship in Idaho has reached dangerous acceleration. In the 47 years I've lived in Idaho, I have watched things spiral into a sort of intellectual and regressive dark age that is both befuddling and alarming. My mom used to say often, beauty is only skin deep. That is becoming true of this place I have loved for most of my life. That was Mary. No name on uh, this e- email. It says, it's not science, it's depravity. Read on air the things that they are promoting 
no bands, just standards. Well, the, here's the thing. We can't read on air some of the things that you're talking about because we have an FCC federal government entity that oversees us, and we're not allowed to do that because we can be fined $125,000 per instance. However, if we did not have the FCC overlords overlooking us, for instance, if we did a podcast, if Chris and I were doing our show and it was just a podcast right now, I could read that. I, I could read it and, and nobody, people might not like it, but they couldn't, nobody could find me and, or stop me from saying it. Um, they go on to write, I'm not deciding for you. I'm asking you to inform yourself of what the discussions and books your children and others are being exposed to. Actually, I'm speaking more of what's in our schools, the kink, the paraphernalia, the manner, the methods on how to use the products of whom or what you are, are to use the product. What's wrong with protecting the children? Let their parents check out the books. Denny in Nampa says, to continue the beating of this proverbial dead horse, last month I ran across a TV special from American Masters titled Little Richard, the King and Queen of Rock and Roll. I have seen this high-energy entertainer many times live, and he was truly one of a kind. Helen and McCall writes in, uh, when I was little, I wasn't curious about stuff like some of these people are curious about. I wanted books with pictures of horses. Yeah. Just a horse crazy girl. A lot of kids are interested in their own thing, not crap like that. Like, yeah, it was like you say. There were kids in the neighborhood that were into things that uh, I wouldn't have dreamed of being into. But I didn't hang out with those kids. <laughs> I tended to, you know, hang out with kids who liked the same stuff I did. Yeah. Another story we're going to be keeping an eye on today, and we may be talking about this tomorrow. It depends on what comes out. Um, I haven't mentioned this today, uh, but uh, two Internal Revenue Service whistleblowers will appear before the House Oversight Subcommittee today. Republicans are hoping to use what could be uh, evidence of interference in the Hunter Biden investigation to prosecute their case against the politicized uh, efforts of the FBI Department of Justice. The two agents, one named Gary Shapley and one whose identity will finally be unveiled Today, in that hearing, will appear this afternoon before the Oversight Committee, where according to a scheduled notice from the committee, the whistleblowers will bear all about the Biden family's influence peddling schemes and alleged politicization and misconduct by the FBI and Department of Justice officials. Two whistleblowers expected to make the same claim under oath that the United States Attorney for Delaware, David Weiss, said in a private meeting that he was barred by senior department justice officials from obtaining special counsel status, which they would have allowed him to expand the Hunter and Biden investigation beyond tax evasion and gun violations into more serious alleged crimes such as influence peddling and bribery. But Attorney General Mary Gardland, they claim, stopped that investigation which Mary Garland, or, both in a, another hearing, yeah. said he had no influence. It did not tell him that they couldn't invest in, uh, investigate anything. Yeah, or he checked it out and didn't find that they had any evidence of anything. Sometimes that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to watch that. Anyway, that's going to happen. We'll find the name, uh, find out the name of the second whistleblower today when that is revealed uh, during this afternoon's hearing, um, we might be talking about that coming up tomorrow morning, depending on what comes out. A couple more emails. Uh, Mike, I hate to tell you, but you are not fully informed, especially with the schools. They are not just simple penthouse pictures anymore. Did you find uh, 
Yes, I found that under my father's mattress also. He has, uh, I'm not going to say it on air because of FCC rules. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure in a school library I would find this in a school library either. I, I don't know of any school library that has pictures of what you've described. Maybe I'm wrong because I haven't been in all school libraries, but you know, maybe there is a school library that has what you described in your email. I haven't heard of it before, but maybe there is. Jan writes in, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to save this for tomorrow. We're up on time. I'm going to get out of here. We're on a 20-hour break. We'll be back to do it all again.